sorry, go ahead. No, it's not important. Mine was different. <laughs> Mine was less important, I promise you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're just all gonna... Okay. Because <laughs> I was going to say, is it okay if I start us off with some plugs to my pop-up shops? Because we need yes. it during this tough time. Please do. Yes. <gasps> Thank you so much. Okay. I have my notepad right here. Um, I just want to, like... First of all, thank you for listening to our podcast today, and I hope everyone's doing okay, Um, especially in these crazy times. But first of all, I just need to, like, really get some business going for our pop-up <laughs> Okay. So, like, you guys know, like, you guys know how important these are. Are they virtual pop-up shops, or do you have actual establishments? <laughs> They're actual establishments, so as you okay. can imagine, social distancing is not <laughs> right. It's like almost impossible, but like they're still there, so like okay. I still want to advertise for them as mm-hmm. much as I possibly can. Um, the first one, I'm gonna start with like three, and then we can talk about our podcast, and then come back to three more because like okay. people aren't just going to hear about my papa. <laughs> you don't know that. It's <laughs> true. Maybe we should just tell them everything. Um, okay, the first one is called Half Batch, and as you can probably guess, it's where you can only get half batches of every type of cookie. <laughs> okay. Because sometimes when you're one person, you don't need a whole dozen cookies. Like, it's just a little too much. It's true. But, like, you want different cookies. <laughs> right. <at a> half <laughs> Why can't you just get one? Like, you, you can go into a bakery and ask for one cookie. No, because, like, if you go to a store for cookies, you're probably getting it for a celebration. You're not <laughs> For yourself? For one person? Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. You can't just go to a cookie store and get one cookie. You just so that's don't... where I come in to play. Get half that. That's where your whatever. niche in the market is. Is where you come in for exactly. celebration for one person. For all those people yes. who just aren't socially confident enough to ask the cashier if they can have half a batch. You're half there a dozen, with, right? right. With, with pre-made existing half, half batches. <laughs> yes. yes. Especially because, like, like, you can get more flavors that way, but, like, still get enough for yourself. And right. not feel like you can't just get like exactly what you want. That's where I come in. I'm not totally okay. on board with this idea. <laughs> because you could have always do that. You could have always gone into a bakery and asked for half a dozen. No. You could you though. Can't, though. <laughs> this but, is like, not the most practical idea. But the, but the thing is like my shop, like already prepackages them so like all you have to do is say like i want chocolate chip and i'll give you a half batch of chip. <laughs> like you don't have to measure them out and take the time pop-up shops are for convenience you know what i mean but that's like, not that's convenient like... if you have to get exactly the amount that only the store will give you <laughs> that's not... okay whatever all right fine I'm just like how is anybody else to i'm sorry i'm totally on board with this half batch idea People always want exactly six cookies. <laughs> <laughs> no more, no less. True. Got it. Sometimes it's true. Okay. Okay, second of all, <laughs> this is a little more modern. It's called Hold the Phone, um, where people can go to make calls with, like, old-timey phones, like, of all different eras, like, old Victorian-style phones, like, you know, rotary dial style phones, but like you can just hold them. You can't call like anyone. 
<laughs> more for like the pictures and like the Instagram ability. I am more on board for this one. <laughs> Like, yeah, this like, is more like of a know, photo op, like Instagram yes. place. Okay, that's that's good. That'll that'll do really well in LA if you're gonna open it around here. Oh, great, because it is. That's okay, the first <laughs> the bank, then we're going to LA. Good. And like, you can't buy the phones. Like, you just like go to take. Like, you just make calls. Like, Wait, hold is it? The phone I have a question. Okay. Does do these yes. old timey phones include perhaps like a phone booth in store? Yes, that's yeah, hundred percent. Okay. Because, like, we want to stay in the air conditioning. We don't want you to like, have to sweat in, the, in their old phone booth. But, like, it's a little more modern than the half-batch idea. I think that like, will do really well with, like, the vintage crowd, you know? Like, like the Dapper Day people. people. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I Because w- I would do that with you guys. Right. I would, too. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> okay. The next one is probably my favorite. So I'm really excited about this one. It's called... Um, I probably I think you guys probably remember this one, but but it's called Bar None. Oh yeah, only mocktails are served and no alcohol. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I like this one as well. Thank it's you. A good one. Yes, it's I like approve. only mocktails, like hors d'oeuvres. Sure, like I'll sell my cookies there too, because yeah. like of course, why not? Right to stay on brand, mm-hmm. but Bar None. Are these all open um, at the same time? No, like pop up shots, like. They're supposed to be like one at a time, like in order. It's like first the, the half batch will open, then hold the phone will open, and then bar none will open. Okay, great. <sighs> Thank you. I think maybe it's time for Snow White now, and okay. then we can go over <laughs> some more because like there's a good three more. Okay, good. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for wanting to podcast with me about Snow White, though, because I know we all know about Snow White, but like I just learned a whole bunch about Snow White. So then I really wanted to podcast with you to tell you what I learned. That sounds I great that. to me. I love it. We love usually do half things we know anyway, half the stuff we do. Right. So like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's just more of like a deep dive into it. Right. You know, with more um, facts mm-hmm. and like important things to, ch- to talk about and such. Exactly. Um. So what I want to start about was like in general, like probably so I still like my always like probably like my favorite of all the fairy tales and I think it's been like one of the most long lasting is which I've like learned through this research but I didn't even know like how much more magical she is than I thought and guys like I just want to tell you like real quick like the first half of this I'm just going to tell you all that I learned about the story and like writing the story of Snowy but then the second half because that'll only take a few minutes because like everyone (laughs) knows that (laughs) everyone knows what Snowy is but like the second half was like I think 100% Snow White was a real person, and I, like, want to tell you all the things about how she was oh, a real person. okay. And I think that's the most exciting part. That just sounds to be pretty honest. exciting. I'm, like, so excited to tell you about this because – and also, I have the pictures that I'm going to send you for our Instagram because, like, I think people – like, I'm going to talk about the pictures I found, so I think we have to put them up so people can see them. If I can remember enough. how to sign into it. Oh, right. I... I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 Yeah. we'll figure it out that's, that's a so critical um, problem that we're facing now amongst our amongst our brand <laughs> yes yeah. we're having some technical difficulties I because i got a new phone and i don't oh, know how to sweet. sign into things anymore <laughs> 
But I feel like that should make things easier. I feel like since it's an iPhone, they should just like, oh, you're all signed in. You're all signed in. But they didn't. Every single app I've opened, they've been like, oh, what's your password and your ID? I'm like, I don't know. I was signed (laughs) into it for like three years. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I I think maybe if it comes to it, I don't want you to keep getting frustrated. We can just try to make like a new one if it's easier. Because we'll just write that one down and be (laughs) Like, I mean, I will. Like, I'll make sure I won't lose that one. Like, It'll just be a deactivated Instagram account with all. But doesn't that mean all the old posts? Oh, I mean go the away? password. I mean, like. Oh, oh, password. oh! Right, right, right. Okay, we'll try to figure that out. Sorry like, for just, interrupting. We will no. figure out the technical difficulties and get Jesse's Snow White pictures up. Oh, thank you. We will do so that much. whenever we can do that. It's not like I don't want you to drive yourself crazy over that. I'm not. Okay, so first of all, this is history time. Okay, in our podcast, as we, I think, usually do, mm-hmm. because I think it's importante, especially for things such as old as Snow White. So first of all, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, um, it first came out in 1812, um, but there were multiple, multiple versions of it. Um, all of the Grimm Brothers um, publishings had a version of Snow White in it, and the 1857 version of Snow White is the one that is most closely related to the 1938 Walt Disney feature film, Snow White and the Summer Drawers, that, like, almost everybody knows or has seen a version of. Um, that's the 1857 version is what is closest to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to go over before we talk about that latest version and how close it is to the movie. I want to talk about how it got there. Um so I'm going to read you the excerpts that I found that I thought were most helpful. Um, I definitely put some of my own wording into it, but it, I stepped, it's almost directly taken from, um, it's called agentorigins.net, and it, it discusses different legends and specifically um, the legend of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, just to give, and also literacyworldwide.org, just to cite yeah, to, to Just to acknowledge yes. our sources. Please. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am and ma'am sir. Okay, so this is the excerpt that I think is most helpful. Um, in 1806, the most famous folklorist in Germany at the time was named Clemens Brantano, which I think sounds like a name I've heard before. Wow. I don't know why. Like, why does that sound so familiar? I don't know. It doesn't sound familiar to me at all. Is it no, like, it doesn't. Is it Clemens or like, I feel like Samuel Clemens and then something Brantano. Like, I feel like it's a mishmash of two different names that we've heard. Hmm. Um, but anyways, um, he had recently published a book of a collection of German folk songs, and he was looking to start working on folk tales um, as a writer. So in his travels in Germany, he was introduced to two young brothers who had recently graduated from law school, but um, their passion was rather toward leaning towards folklore and storytelling and writing more than the law that they had just spent all their lives learning about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And if you can guess who these two young scholars are, they are Jacob and Wilhelm Grimm. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were asked by Brentano for help with his book. Um, and he asked for their scholarly assistance. Um, and they invited their own friends and acquaintances um, to help write down stories they've heard from their entire lives of living in Germany um, so that they could bring a collection of their stories to Clemens because they just became friends with him. And like they really wanted to get into writing is what I've gathered from multiple reading, um, multiple articles. Um, in 1810, the brother Grimm's, the brother, the brother's, <laughs> I like, I think I've written that like five times in this, <laughs> like I keep writing the brother Grimm's. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Why can't I say it? I don't know. 
the brother Grimm's. You know? Like a fool. <laughs> like there's only one brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Also, sidebar, doesn't that like being being a lawyer and then trying to be like knowing in your heart you're creative? Like, so isn't that like the story of your best friend? Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> What did it? What, what, but she's still, but she's still being a lawyer. Just, yeah, she's still an active lawyer. But it's just oh. like I'm like, I wonder if that's like in the hearts of many a lawyer. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Like Catherine, like she just definitely you have more in you than the law. Yeah, <laughs> it's like they have like a very creative side that is not expressed through their lawyerism. Yeah, and <laughs> so sometimes they find so Brother Grimm's. Yes. <laughs> Help them out with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1810, the brothers Grimm sent 49 tales to Clemens Brentano, which I think sounds ridiculous. Like the first time I read it, I'm like they sent, they literally stopped what they were doing, got all their friends together, and wrote down 49 different tales to this guy they just met. Pretty much, they didn't wow. know him his whole life, but they're like, I really want to be a writer with like just like Clemens, so we're gonna do this. Um, among that, 49 tales were Sleeping Beauty. Rumpelstiltskin, the Frog Prince, and Snow White. So Snow White was up there right at 1810, like right when they were starting writing and getting interested in collecting folktales. Snow White was like right at the top there. Mm -hmm. Um, The stories, according to these articles, it says the stories were not seen for more than 100 years. Brentano, it seems, took them to a monastery in Alsace and left them there. I'm sure I'm not pronouncing that right, but it's A-L-S-A-C-E, Alsace. Um, and he just left them there and no one knows what he did or like what he did with the rest of his life. <laughs> but in 1812, once it became clear, so after two years of waiting, the brothers um, became, it became clear to them that Brentano was not following through on his project. They published <laughs> their own editions of the fairy tales they just worked on because like, why not? It's like, they're right. not going to be used. They already did this work themselves. Like, um, they didn't call them fairy tales because there was no stories of actual fairies in the book that they had written. Um, but they oh. called it, the English translation of it is called Children and Household Tales. And it's called like Kinderhausmeichen, but I can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I believe that. It reminds me of Dwight, though. Like, oh, Dwight, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. I think it sounds exactly like something they that Dwight would say in the office. Um, over the next forty-five years, the Brothers Grimm's. Sorry, I keep doing this. The Brothers Grimm <laughs> published a total of seven editions of the same fairy tales, and they also um, added to those fairy tales from the beginning. But those same ones were always in the, every edition, um, and their reputation steadily grew. By the turn of the century, the tales of the Brothers Grimm had become the best-selling book in Germany, only behind the Bible. A distinction that still holds today. In the English-speaking world, it has become widely successful. As we all know, the Brothers Grimm books are in every bookstore, and everybody knows all of the stories. Right behind the Bible. Yes. Right behind the Bible. It still holds today. It's 2020. It's crazy. The Bible. Which is, like, crazy, too, because, like, every version of their stories, like, if it's just a picture book for baby or, like, an actual book to read, like just a collection of the stories that still counts so like there's still like billions right. of these versions of these stories all over the entire world because this guy asked them for help and they just decided to do it themselves which i think is kind of cool can i have a real quick sidebar on that yeah definitely. <laughs> i feel like we all at 
like some point encounter like a collection of Grimm's fairy tales whether you seek that out or it comes upon you right like you always like at some point encounter a collection and that happened to me in 09 but probably not really 09 it was probably like 06 because there was like one of those (laughs) it was during one of those dramatic tribes that we had from Florida to New Jersey oh and I read all of the books I had and we weren't even to New Jersey yet and I think I was bugging like the crap out of Stu or something oh I think I remember that yeah, so he handed me his collection. He had like a collection of like one yeah. of those like paperbacks from Barnes and Noble, and it was all uh-huh. of the Grimm's fairy tales. So he gave me that, and I read it. I read all of the collection, and I never gave him back that book. And that's one of those things that every now and then he'll talk about out loud as if it was my book. Like he's like, yeah, but you had that, right? Like he still believes every now and then that I have a full collection of Harry Potter books, of which I do not. I had just taken his. But he speaks to me as if they were mine. <laughs> if you have these books just... long enough, he believes they're yours. Yes. Yeah, and then you don't have to give them back. I think that's like the only one he ever vigorously demanded back was that one random like Merlin book that he just every every like two to three years would be like, whatever happened to that book? And then just recently he, he retrieved that from mom's house out of my boxes mm. of books but that's just to go i just wanted to put that in there because i just always every time i because i would habitually yeah. take that collection with me then i would always keep that in my travel bag because it's good it's like just having short stories is always like good to have because you can reread those like without getting too bored or something like after you finish right. your other books or whatever entertainment you have so i always had that <laughs> in my travel bag and i always was like i should probably have given this back to Stu, and i just never did and i don't think i ever felt guilty about it <laughs> i don't think he missed it too much or he would have asked you <laughs> right <laughs> I just think it's like that's how that's I have always that association with grim fairy tales. Like when you say grim fairy tales, it's like mm, yes. I feel like I was with him when he bought that. Is it like a paperback with like a black and white cover sketch or something? Yeah, yeah, and it's like really yeah. like one of those like short, thick ones. Like it's just like mm-hmm. like a yeah, but it's like every single Grimm's fairy tale, and I read it like that cover to cover that during that drive. <laughs> it yeah. just was like, and this is mine now. <laughs> I think he got it at the UCF bookstore, Barnes and Noble. There, wow! <laughs> Shat received his back. I think he's fine with that. Do you remember I feel what like the picture is. was? Because I definitely remember that, but I don't. I'm trying to remember what the picture was on the front because I remember it being kind of creepy. It was creepy. The, I think it was. Like, yeah. It might honestly, actually, it might have been like a depiction of Snow White. It was one of the the classics. Like it was either that or, yeah, um, yeah. It might have been like. Sleeping Beauty or something, but it was like a it was like a ink drawing of something creepy, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is kind of the general I think impression of all Grimm's fairy tales. Sorry, that wasn't that much of an interesting sidebar. I just wanted to bring that little side. But, that but that's just the it just proves the point. Like everybody's read these books, or everyone has yeah. a chance to read these. Books. Everybody has a copy of it, or and someone every... you know does, and you've taken it. Yes, <laughs> that's true. Which I think they is are passed down, taken from Stu. Exactly. As a, as either you are Stu or you true. have a Stu, of which that means you owned the book or you took the book, and mm-hmm. still either way you read it. Yes. Precisely. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um. So that brings us to thank you, ma'am, and also that brings <laughs> us to. <laughs> The 1857, 1857 version of Snow White, which is the one most people know today um, and where the movie came from. So I'm going to go over the synopsis of that and how it's close to the movie. 
-hmm. And then we're going to go into the theories of the deep dive of the world. And thank you. Brilliant. Much for listening. Um, in the 18 version, I'm sorry, in the 1857 version of Snow White, the stepmother does not ask the huntsman to bring back the little girl's heart as she does in the movie, um, but she asks instead for Snow White's lungs and liver, which is infinitely Ew. more disgusting. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. not the most grossest thing. Yeah, that's really like, how gross. How dare you? Like, I don't even <laughs> know why. I think they did it to be gross, honestly, because I feel like so yeah. many of the original versions are way grosser. So, like, they must be trying to gross people. But I wonder if that if that shows, like, at the time that those stories were originally, like, being created, if the heart wasn't actually seen as that important. Like, was the liver and the lungs something that they thought these are the critical organs? Yeah. Yeah. Like, medically, they thought, like, well, the lungs are for what you breathe, and the yeah. liver is, like, they thought all your humors live in the liver or something weird like that. Like, it's I think like, they did think that. I think you're right. I'd be curious if that's, like, medically, they thought that's what was more important. But then by the time science caught up to it, they're like, that wasn't that important, so let's just make it the heart. <laughs> like, that she was looking for the heart. I think, too, um, reminded me when you were saying that, that the in the, all, from the versions from 1812 to 1857, one of them changes a little bit. Um, like, this one, it's, it, it asks for the lung and the liver, and then in the movie, it's the heart. But, like, even in the first one, I think it was just the liver, or, and then it was just the lungs. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they, like, decided, like, let's go all out. <laughs> let's, like, <laughs> we're so going to kill this girl. <laughs> let's yeah. do it right. <laughs> And there's also, it begins, the whole story begins in 1857 with um, Snow White's mother, the queen, um, sewing. and like, Her actual she, mother? Yes, her actual birth mother. Um, okay. Sewing, and then she drops, she pricks herself with a needle, and she drops, like, three drops of blood. Oh, yeah. And then mm-hmm. says, like, oh, how pretty that is. Um, one day I want to have a daughter who is as red um, as this blood, and her skin is as white as snow. Um, Did you guys see that movie that mom had that was that exact version? No. Yeah. Oh yes. yes, the animated one. No, it wasn't animated. It was live oh. action. But I think it was foreign because I think maybe that had like it was dubbed in English. But I don't think that's what they were speaking. Oh, I, I was thinking an animated. I think we have. Oh, really? An animated version. I, yeah. I wish I knew which one you meant, though. Which one? I think ugh, I don't know if Mom still has it, but when we were in Parkland, it was still on the shelf. It was like a blue VHS, and it said Snow White. We watched it. Stu and I oh. watched it all the time when we were little. I see that in my head. I don't remember. What yeah, it was like, but I do. I remember that VHS for sure. That opened exactly like that. It was like a lady at a window sewing, and it was snowing outside, and she pricked herself, and there was three drops of blood, and she said that thing. But so I think it was like exactly the version that you're talking about now. I like the authentic ones because they're creepy. Yes. but then they're also creepy, so you get creeped out. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. I have that exact quote later because I have other things to talk about it. So I'm going to get back to that if that's cool okay. about yeah. the dropping blood because there's mm-hmm. symbolism in the coloring and all that. Um, so when the hunter in the 1857 version, he gets the lungs and the liver, which is different from the movie. Um, and then the hunter fools the queen by bringing the lungs and liver back of a young boar. She boils them in salt and then she eats them. Like Ugh. in the story, you see her eating them. Um Ugh. Little Snow White in the book, um, the 57 version, runs off to the dwarves who have no names. They're not named Sleepy, you know, Sneezy, Happy Doc, Grumpy, all that cute stuff. They also have no individual personalities. Um, They're just called the seven little people or the seven dwarves. Um, The queen comes to the dwarves' house not once but three times. Um, Each time she leaves with Snow White apparently dead. She keeps thinking she killed her, her both of the first of the two... The first two times she thinks she definitely killed him. 
she goes back to her magical mirror and then the mirror says no you're still not the most beautiful snow white is definitely alive <laughs> so she comes up with another plan to kill her um the third time the queen returns to to with what the Brent brothers Grimm describe as a poisonous poisonous apple it's so poisonous you have to say it twice because <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's like super it's supposed to be super deadly um one side is full of poison the other side is not and she convinces um snow oh, white yeah, i forgot about that that, oh. that was like part of the trick it wasn't just like a yes. whole a whole ass apple dipped in the cauldron <laughs> like the cartoon <laughs> shows <laughs> <laughs> she convinces her like it's not poison by taking a bite of the the clean side and then she gives po- the poison aside oh, to snow white because yeah. it's creepy or that way if you trick people um mm-hmm. snow white um takes a bite and she falls down dead the dwarves are unable to revive her so they put her in a glass coffin embossed with her name and birth many years later a prince comes to the house and sees the lovely dead young maiden um, he falls in love with her by sight, which is, you know, super weird, but... It's, this Wait a minute. Weird. Wait yes. a minute. Can yes. I just ask a question? Right you ahead. said several years later? Yeah. Yeah, I thought that yes. also caught my attention. Yes, <laughs> and I'm glad you brought that up, sis, because every version of the story, it, it says that, and it's so weird, because I read the, the 1812 one, I think it was, and it's like several years later you know the prince finds her and i'm like wait a second how does she stay alive right why is she preserved if she's dead for real because it says after um he after he falls in love with her he asks the dwarves if he can buy her and just take her to his castle because he can't live without seeing her every single day because he's so in love with her and they tell her that they will die if they can't see her any day every single day so like they're not going to sell her because they love her so much. Um, and then he finally says, I'll make you like my brother and like, I'll take care of you. Like you're my own family. You can live with me if you want. Like, I'll make sure you're well taken care of, but please let me take Snow White. Um, and they say, okay, I guess that's fine because the, they said Snow White was so kind. Like, I'm sure she would want <laughs> the best for them. <laughs> and, like, they were sure, like, she would want everyone to be happy in the situation. So they're like, okay, that's fine. Cause we can probably go see her in the castle anyways. Uh-huh. Um, but as the servants are carrying her home, they drop her and the jolt, you know, effectively performs like a Heimlich maneuver on Snow White. <laughs> right. And the chunk of poison apple flies out of her mouth and she returns to light. So, um, like the connotation being like she was kind of like in a magical trance. She really wasn't dead. Okay. She just like wakes up at that point, but it's still gross. I'm sorry, but I think that's that is that happen. is very gross. Also, like I don't think that's how poison works. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> like, why does the queen know how to make that kind of poison? You know, right. Well, that's more also, of like a spell. Like, why doesn't she just kill? Yeah, her that's what I was just about to say. Like, it's weird that they call it poison because that's a very realistic thing poison is yeah. a is a real thing but like you would think that like she would curse her or she would do yeah. some like other kind of like magical death rather than just be like hey check out this semi-poisoned apple like <laughs> i, I made right. it with some real good rat poison like it sounds like something you could do like now it but it wouldn't consequently yeah. let you like and also why would she create a poison that wouldn't really really kill you like if it was just like it was a poisonous poisonous apple it's super poison it shouldn't just shut her down while in her body like no like that that's no poison i feel like maybe they maybe they used that word for like a bunch of different things back then or something and not something that just traveled in your bloodstream and would kill you like kill you instantly to your heart or your right yeah whatever they think of Mm -hmm. is very important um the first way in the in this version of the story um she wants to kill Snow White after she figures out that she's hidden to the dwarves' house, and she asks the mirror, like, 
mirror mirror on the wall I you know since I'm the only one that's I, I just ate her lungs and her liver am I still yeah. like the most beautiful person in the world and he says no Snow White's still alive so she just dresses up as an old hag and does the the scarf trick which is that she thinks that she can like pretend to sell her like lace scarves and then comes in and strangles her with the scarf and then mm-hmm. the dwarves come home and take the scarves off and she's alive which has been like hours since the old hag was there so that doesn't make sense to me either and then she no. does the same thing she goes back to the castle she talks to the mirror she realizes she's still alive she comes back and she does it with a comb which is supposed to be a poisonous comb she puts a poisonous comb in snow white's hair like yeah. saying like you've never had your hair combed before right like let me do it for you and she puts it in it's poisonous it's supposed to be enough to, to kill her then the dwarves come home take the comb out and she comes back alive so I don't think they know what poison is in the no <laughs> doesn't sound and like it I don't think that they should have used the word poison also long story short I think they should have mm-hmm. just said a knockout thing yeah unconscious that's what I think mm-hmm. but I think it's important to note that they she did try three times because I feel like, it's like for some reason that's a magical number of like going to things three times mm-hmm. um so the, in that story um snow white and the prince get married and the evil stepmother is invited to the wedding guys this is my favorite part are you ready wow <laughs> when she sees snow white alive and marrying a prince she is so in quotation marks this is from the story she is so petrified with fright that she could not budge iron slippers had already already been heated over an open fire and they were brought over to her with tongs Finally, she had to put on the hot red, red hot slippers and dance until she fa- fell down dead. So they just like torture her as soon as she gets to the wedding. Like she goes to the wedding and then gets tortured to death. Like why did she? Did she not know who was getting married? No, she when she went, was, she knew it was Snow White because I looked that up too. Because they, it says somewhere in there that Snow White was like, um, because she was so happy she was getting married, she made sure she invited her stepmother now that all was well, and then she. <laughs> Like the stepmother decided. Did to she go not this. know it was her stepmother trying to kill her this whole time? Like the, that the never. She just always her. thought it was an old hag. She just didn't think it was no, like a disguise. Dwarves, the dwarves tell her that because when Snow White gets to the house in the beginning, like she, her dad dies. Her evil stepmother's evil to her. She pretends to kill her, but she thinks she's just eating the the boar. Snow White runs to the little dwarves' house, and they like instantly fall in love with her because they think she's so cute and nice. And they say like, if you take care of the house, we'll let you stay here. But then they're like, be careful, though, because it sounds like your evil stepmother is going to kill you or is going to try to come <laughs> after you. So make sure you never have visitors in. And she's like, OK, sure. So every time that she tries to kill her with, like, the comb and the lace and everything, they always say, like, be careful, Snow White. Like, we told you, don't ever let anyone in. It's your stepmother. She has magic. And this is definitely your stepmother doing this. So, like, each time she opens that damn door, I'm sorry, <laughs> she should know that it's the stepmother, but she still does it. But they keep talking mm. about how kind she is. Like, because she was so kind, she felt bad for the old woman and wanted to eat the apple. Or, like, she wanted to let her in and buy the scars because she never had anything like that. So it was, like, a little bit of, like, she's just a kid and a little bit of, like, she needs a mom. <laughs> yeah. And a whole lot of she needs to make some better choices. She needs to. Yeah. Yes. She needs to. After the first time you almost die, every decision you make after that should be, like, triple-checked before you do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's my opinion on that. Because mm-hmm. the dwarves are all there. There's, like, seven of them. Like, one of them could have, like, just kept stayed with her or something like that. That's what I want to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they all had to go to work. How to do that, Mielser and Mielum. It's very important. That's what they do. They mine. That's true. Um, okay, so this is what 
I also learned, which I thought was an interesting factoid from the Harvard Gazette, was that um, the brothers Grimm in 1812, there's the 1812 version of their story. Um, the Harvard, according to the Harvard Gazette, they just think that they did not put in the story that it was her actual mother that did all these horrible things and tried to kill her all these times because they wanted to they wanted to preserve the sanctity of motherhood so instead they just made it to stepmother like, that's harsh well, that doesn't make it any better <laughs> no it really doesn't but i'm just thinking thinking i'm like well cinderella's the same thing and like it's always a stepmother you know yeah like or like the somebody not related to like sleeping beauty's mom is good but like the fairies the evil one that like didn't get invited to the part like i feel like it's never the yeah. mom it's the stepmom or someone related but not directly related to the kid yeah. in trouble. What if it's like because they know that most of these stories are going to be read to children by their mothers? And they that's like, probably that's yeah. a really good point. Yeah, because also I feel like there's that's a really good point. There's an, a lot I feel like I remember stories where the dad is straight up like not maybe not evil, but he's the one who's hard hurting the kids. Like the dad in Hansel and Gretel or the like the the there's like stories of like the king i think it was a grim's fairy tale like it was a king whose wife died and, and then he eventually was trying to marry his own daughter like they don't have a lot of trouble with like making it the dad ruin the sanctity of the family unit so much as it is you got to protect the position of the mother but maybe you're right maybe it is like because yeah. it was a mother telling a story they didn't want to villainize themselves so they just like habitually put it in the role of someone who like replaced them interesting yeah. because they're two men like they must yeah. have really like their mom or they must have, yeah they must be aware of that fact yeah maybe they didn't like the dad so they're i hope like, they didn't have a stepmother right Jeez. i yeah. would like to know that information yeah so i feel like that's pretty common i mean a lot of people died in like childbirth and stuff and then dads would get remarried like constantly you know so i feel like stepmothers are pretty common yeah um, that actually brings us to our theories because there's actual um, reasons why I think in the theories that I have, the two mm-hmm. theories that we're going to keep saying over and over again, mm-hmm. um, are why they're specifically the stepmom, which is like, I don't know if I believe that the, the Harvard Gazette saying like they wanted to preserve the sanctity of motherhood because like if they're based on real stories, they're based on real stories. So I don't know. Because even if they, they could change whatever they want, they can say, like, even if it's based on a real mom and, and daughter relationship, they can still decide what they what they want and say, I would rather the mom not be the villain of the story. But um, all in all, if they base it on a real thing, then they base it on a real thing. So that's all I was going to say about that. Um, okay, so this is the spooky time. Are you ready for the spooky time? Oh, uh, I hope uh, so. Theories? I hope so too. It's really not too spooky. It's just spooky because I didn't know any of this at all. Like, okay. I didn't know that it could be based on anything real. I thought they just made it up. Um, so the, f- okay, I'm going to start with the one I don't like as much as the other one and then <laughs> tell you my favorite one second. Okay. There's two theories. The first theory, okay, mm-hmm. is her name. I have to get it properly because I'm going to say it wrong. Okay. Her name is Margarita von Waldeck, which I feel like you probably say Waldeck in a German accent. Oh. But I'm not German and I don't know how to say it properly. I'm sorry. Um, but her first name is Margarita. Okay. Okay. She was born in 1533 and she died in 1554. So she was pretty little. Yeah. Um, and she's the daughter of Philip the Fourth 
who is the Count of, again, Waldick Wildugan, I can't say it, and his <laughs> first wife, um, Margaret Circonsensa, um, who is the daughter of Edward I, Count of East Frisia. I don't know where these places are. I know they're in Germany. I'm sorry. But they're very hard to pronounce <laughs> for someone like me. So I'm just going to leave it to you to think about that. Okay. Um, she's believed to be an influence for the fairy tale of Snow White. Um, there's a philosopher who wrote a book called Snow White. Is it a fairy tale? Um, his name is Ed Eckhard Sander. Um, so that's where the bulk of this information came from, is his belief that this is the real Snow White and the real basis of the Grimm's fairy tale story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still believe that the second theory is way more obvious. So I think this is interesting, but I don't think it's the one. But I want to tell you because I didn't know there was actual people. Um, in his book, he discusses how Margaretha's life was an inspiration of the tale of Snow White since her father's second wife died in 1546. And he only remarried again in October of 1554, the year that she died. Snow White, mm. apparently. The, you know, the inspiration, her name's Margaretha. Her stepmother was not a suspect in the alleged poisoning case of, of the previous mother. Um, Margaretha's father owned several copper mines. A majority of the workers were children. And the legendary reference to the seven dwarves is suggested to be related to child labor in the mines. Oh. Which I just did mm. see a little bit too more information about that at the time. Pretty much like before now like I've, i know that's still happening around the world but like definitely in the 16th century especially all around the world but at this time in germany in the 16th century there's a lot of children used for mining because they're small yeah mm. so they can fit everywhere they need them go but they would have them wear really bright colored clothes so that they could find them easier oh man which just seems like another reason that, that they could be the dwarves because they're like obvious choices because they're little they live in the mines. They're brightly colored, uh-huh. like very fairy tale esque. Um, um, and then the, off, the other, the additional information about Margarita is that the residence of the Seven Dwarves has been suggested to be the former copy, copper mining village called. Oh man, why did I choose this fairy tale? I can't speak Fright. Okay. Um, Are you scared of a hamburger? Yeah, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, which they now call Snow White Village because they believe, of course, that that's where the real Snow White came from. Oh, um, the like the fairy tale tale dwarves, the child laborers used that used to live there, um, lived in houses with about twenty people in a single room. Mm. Um, that's all the information, which does sound very convincing. It's in Germany. There's a stepmother. You know, there's there's child dwarves that live in a big house together i mean a small house together um but that's pretty much it so i don't know if i really believe that as much as the second theory that's my favorite theory but um it's still it's it it has some it has some compelling evidence yeah yeah i agree with that yeah but i also feel like because it was okay so 1812 was the first version of snow white right Mm -hmm. that one Margarita was born, what did it say? 16, um, I'm scrolling back, 1533. So, I mean, like, it could be, but that's also a good, like, 300 years beforehand. So that could be told over and over again, and they could have gotten wind of it. But I also feel like it's just a bunch of coincidences because of the circumstances of Germany being similar. Right. So my favorite theory is Maria Sophia. So let me tell you about Maria Sophia. Okay. (laughs) Her name is Maria Sophia 
von Ethrel, and she was born in 1729. So this is like literally less than 100 years before the version was written mm-hmm. okay. um, by the Grimm brothers. So I feel like right off the bat, that's more understandable. Um, her father was a foreign minister of Mainz, and he lived in the, the castle called the Lohr Castle. So the town that this all takes place in is called Lohr, L-O-H-R, which is also really cool because it's like lo- folklore. Yeah. yeah. I kind of feel like maybe that's where that came from. Um, <laughs> maybe. But he was seen as like the king to the people of Lohr, like because he was like the one that took care of that town. Um, he lived in a nice castle. He was a very kind man, mm-hmm. supposedly. Um, okay. So this is where I want to get started with the information. Um, she was born in 1729. Her father was Prince Philip Christophe von Ethrel, um, and he, that made her, Maria Sophia, basically like a princess, because everyone saw him as the king. Um, she lived in Lohr, Germany, which was famous for making glass. And there's an abundance of poisonous nightshade plants growing around the forest where they lived. Mm. Um, and then... Again, I found another um, historian version of a book in 1980s, a local historian of lore named Dr. Bartels researched the parallels between Maria Sophia's life and the fairy tale um, called Schneewittchen in German, because that's how you say Snow White. And I can't say it, but it's basically like, like, it looks like this, the word Snow White, but it's Schneewittchen. Oh, you know, I remember that in the, in the fairy tale hall at Disney World, you know, when they like redid it and it was the, used to be the Snow White ride, but then they put yeah, fairy tale hall there. Yeah. So in the new fairy tale hall, they had a table with like fairy tale books, but all the fairy tale spines were written in the languages they originally were in. So oh, Snow so White cool. was open on the table and that word was on the, on the spine. So like, I knew it was Snow White, but I couldn't pronounce it. <laughs> That's exactly how I felt reading it. You yeah. start getting used to the word, but you're like, I can't pronounce this properly, and I need to for yeah. this podcast. But it looks like the word Snow White. Like, you, if you didn't know it, I think you'd guess it. Yeah. That's the word. Um, okay. Sophia's father was a nobleman, like we just discussed. Um, he remarried after his first wife's death. Um, she, Maria Sophia's, um, sometimes I'll call her Maria, sometimes I'll call her Sophia, because that's just how it's written in the book about her. So just so you know, mm-hmm. it's the same person. Um, her mother died of childbirth having her so she never really knew her mom Um, and he her dad remarried Um, Sophia's stepmother had the reputation of being very domineering and acting in favor of her natural children that she had with um, Maria's father Mm -hmm. Um, Laura was a famous center for glassware and mirrors like I just said Um, Sophia's father owned the mirror factory and a museum in Laura today that proudly displays um, a mirror that I'm going to talk about in one second because it's really spooky. So um, there's also a scary forest um, right near Lore that was notorious for having robbers and dangerous wild animals Ooh. at the time. Um, Snow White ran over the hills before reaching... Um, yes, the, so the mine information is pretty similar to the Margarita story that there is a lot of mining nearby and they use children um, in the copper mining um, they wore brightly colored clothes, like I previously said. Um, it could be seen as the the, the dwarf's mind in the story. Um, okay, so it says some, so some significant parts of the tale were not derived directly from Sophia's life, like the glass coffin that she's eventually put in after she is poisoned by the apple. Um, and there's no savior prince in Maria's lifetime. There's no, like story of her marrying anybody she didn't die as a teenager she actually died um 
this is I think this is the thing I like the most about it. She did not have a happy ending as supposed by the story, but because she went blind in her youth and died unmarried. But she died when she was 71 years old at a convent. Oh, wow. Oh, so I feel like that's pretty good for that timing. You know? Yeah, like she didn't die when she was a teenager. She didn't die when she had a kid. She died when she was 71 after she lived a pretty good life. Yeah. So where did um, where do you think then the context of like her being murdered came from? Like, um, that's so this is the information about her life with her stepmother because. Okay, so this is this is the next part that I have to just say before I get to that, if that's okay. Sure. Because <laughs> it's just that it, it tie like I realize what you're saying, but um the Maria Sophia's gravestone was just found in twenty nineteen. What? Oh. We can go visit Maria Sophia's gravestone. It's crazy. <laughs> like I really want to do that. So okay, so this is it, it, I promise I'm gonna get back to your question because I feel like it all ties in. But um okay, it's in in South Germany. Um, it's okay. I just need to get to the right place. Okay. Bamberg died. Okay. She went blind and died in the Bamberg monastery in 1796, which is in South Germany. Um, the church where she was buried was demolished in the early 19th century. And although the gravestone, the gravestone survived, it was lost for many years until its recent discovery in 2019 she died in 1791 and had her own headstone which was an unusual distinction for a woman of her time the church where she was buried was demolished in 1804 and her gravestone was moved to the local hospital which was founded by her and her brother um so she had a brother with her stepmom that was always really nice and best friends with and she was a devout christian and she would talk about jesus and talk about god to the town because she was kicked out of her stepmother's home um, as a young woman after she went blind. she Like, after her dad died, like, the stepmom just totally kicked her out and just treated her horribly. Mm -hmm. um, and then she was forced to just go live by herself. But she still um, brought, she still created a local hospital with her brother and talked about Jesus and was just, like, a devout Christian. Mm -hmm. So I think, like, the theory that she was murdered just came from how wickedly she was treated by her stepmom, even though she was so nice. Like, that's where I think yeah. that evil storyline comes from. Um, but the um, when the hospital that was, sorry, she made the, a local hospital with her brother, um, when it was renovated in the 1970s, the headstone went missing and was thought to have been lost. But in fact, it had been retrieved by the, a local family that lived nearby. And they just donated it recently to the local museum in Bamberg. Um and it says on her gravestone, it's a marble gravestone, which is very weird that she had her own gravestone because she's a woman, first of all, in that time period. Mm -hmm. um, but second of all, even though if you're considered like a princess, it's still weird because of how awful her stepmom was to her. Like, it's weird that she got one. But it's just a sign, the local historians say, that she, of how wonderfully she was received by the people she lived with. They mm. loved her so much. Which I think is another part of like how the, the dwarves loved her so much and how she was so kind to everyone and she became a princess at the end. Like mm -hmm. she, she was so beloved. Um, so she has a, a marble gravestone and it has a coating of chalk concealing the inscription. So it requi required lots of careful restoration in order to be read properly and be taken care of. But there's an inscription on it that reads in Germany, but in German, but it, in translated to English, it says, The noble heroine of Christianity. Here she rests after the victory of faith, ready for transfigured resurrection. 
which like many believe like because she was blind like now she can see in heaven oh, like here mm-hmm. she is we're giving her to god because she's ready to go to heaven but we like she's called the noble heroine of christianity mm-hmm. which i just think it's amazing that they just found this first of all and that she was a real person believe supposedly like she really was a real person whether mm-hmm. she's snow white or not like she really was a right this person basis a real person um and they just found this gravestone which i just think is amazing um that is amazing um and maria sophia it was some 60 years after her death that the brothers Grimm were born into the town of hanau i can't say it h-a-n-a-u hanau in southern germany it's quite possible that the fairy tale writers were aware of her because they only lived 60 miles I'm sorry, they only lived like about an hour away from her and they could have quite possibly been inspired by her story to write Snow White is what that um, that historian believes because in Germany they said like it definitely could have been passed down by folklore but if you live close enough you probably have seen a lot of the same things as the other towns. Like if you've seen the dangerous animals of the woods or if you've heard of like a wicked stepmother who abandoned her daughter a hundred years ago right. after she was struck blind and then everyone in the town loved her, even though she was, like, the princess. Like, they still loved her. Um, like, I think that – I think it's quite possible that they used her for her inspiration. But, like, my favorite part of the whole thing is the magic mirror. Because are you ready for this magic mirror story? Yes. yes. Okay. So, Laura is known historically for their glassmaking, and the dad owns the glassmaking shop. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, the – the evil stepmother had a special mirror made for her and it was known to be a talking mirror because there's a picture of it and that you can go see it right now in, in lore in the castle. So a lot of people do and like to go dress up. It's a long red mirror. That's like really beautiful if you look at it, but it was made with a, a trick from, from that time period where you can they bend the glass slightly so that when you talk your echoing talks right back to you but it sounds like it's a slightly different voice what? it doesn't sound like you talk to your mirror what? so you can talk to the magic mirror and it'll talk back to you it's saying exactly what you said but it's still it's like known as like the talking mirror that like hung in the castle till till today it's still there okay well then that's 100 percent the story yeah that seems very that's like that's straight up that's all i do (laughs) yeah because where else i feel like that's like snow white in the magic mirror is like the first context at least i can recall of like having that sort of detail like having like an object be like possessed or be like what's the word what's the word when you put human characteristics to an inanimate object personification personification yes to have that like personified is like the first time that I like which would have to it would make sense if it was actually inspired by something like that in real life it wouldn't be just yeah. someone like one day woke up and it's like what if mirror talk like it wasn't like just like a creative choice <laughs> right <laughs> that's crazy um the information I have on it it says it was a trick mirror that reverberated back the voice of the person who spoke into it um it seems like a pretty advanced technology for the back her back in the 1700s but it was very real as you might imagine the countess could look into the mirror and say you look beautiful today and the mirror would echo it back fueling a self-indulgent queen as the world knows it um on the left side of the mirror the words amour proper or proper meaning self-love 
were etched into it. The mirror still exists today and at the Spessart Museum, and visitors can test out the mirror for themselves, which is in the Lore Castle. Like, if you go to the castle, they have, like, an indoor museum. Wow. So it literally sells self-love on it. Like, how <laughs> more people yeah. queen could get? Like, I feel like as long as they knew about the kind young woman and the mirror, they could have totally just taken this this girl's life and wrote in Snow White. Yeah. Just yeah. those things alone. Right. But, like, you can go see it, guys. Like, we could go crazy. see the magic mirror in Germany. Are right there, now. like, do you think there are videos of people talking to it? Like, so you could yes. hear it? That was the first thing I did. But the only one I can find that's very clear is actually a guy that's actually deaf. Talk, like, signing, talking to the mirror. Oh. So, like, you can't really see oh, the trick man. in action. I, you can see it, but you can't. I can never find a clear enough video of people really talking to it and it reverberating back. And uh-huh. I really want to. So, if either of you guys ever find one, you have to send it to me. Because I'm gonna I would love, love to see that. It yeah. is so cool. It's like a really pretty red mirror. It has like two um, circles at the top, like ovals, and they are very ornate. Mm-hmm. But then it has that phrase on the top left corner. It means self-love that they gave to the to the evil stepmother because I think she must have asked for it and the dad just gave it to her. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it's so vain and like so creepy. To it me. is. That is That's just That's I just can't believe crazy. it's real, guys. I can't believe it's real. That's crazy. I guess I'm not surprised, but it is like, like kind of mind blowing that there's like those levels of details involved that could have been actually like if you asked me like, what do you think Snow White could have been inspired by real life? I would I could have said like yeah, it was a girl who had a a stepmother and who was mistreated. That there might have been children involved that could have like represented the dwarves, or that there even was perhaps like a little person in the court that was the dwarf or something. I would not have said. And also the talking mirror that was definitely taken from true life, right? <laughs> like, right. That would not have, be like, a detail that I would think was real. Right. <laughs> it was like the, the only true magical element because, like, let's just say out loud that poison apple is not magic. Like that 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 brings into question. <laughs> the legitimacy right. of the magic involved in that poison so like mm-hmm. i feel like the talking mirror is like really like the fantastical like element it of it and the fact that really that could to... actually be inspired by something yeah. and like you can see it though like they nobody broke it like no one broke that mirror <laughs> since 17 the 1700s yeah that's nuts that yeah that's true that's also kind of ridiculous so no one like stole it out of the castle <laughs> huh no and it's like, um, so apparently Maria Sophia, you know, had an evil stepmom. She was abandoned by her. She had blindness. Um, she didn't have her own brothers and sisters. She only had stepbrothers and sisters. But she still was, like, so nice that the town loved her so much to make their her own gravestone. Like, I just feel like that is kind of the imagery of, like, a glass coffin. Like, we still love you enough to, like, take, you know, we don't want to ever, yeah. we don't want to bury you. We want to, like raise you up like we want to respect you because you meant a lot to us um and there's the whole child mining thing and the whole mirror thing so i want to tell you people today that snow white was real Mm -hmm. that's what i wanted to tell you um the last thing really i only had to discuss was just how it kind of um how people discuss it today there's actually an article in the harvard gazette about how fairy tales can kind of relate to the covid19 pandemic which i thought was interesting because that's when I was researching it, obviously, during this pandemic. Um, and um, an author named, whose last name is Tartar, who was just a respected writer for the Harvard Gazette, was being interviewed. 
Um, and they were saying, the Gazette was asking him, what do you think fairy tales can provide during this time of uncertainty and fear during the COVID-19 pandemic? And he says, one of my favorite fairy tales, Hansel and Gretel, starts in a time of famine. How do you manage to stay alive when your parents throw you out? Um, the philosopher Walter Benjamin um, put it beautifully when he said that fairy tales transmit one big lesson. You need wits and courage to confront the monsters out in the woods. Um, and then he goes on to say, can you, that they, the Gazette asks, um, can you explain the connection between Snow White's skin color and her innocence and goodness? Um, he says, yes, the red, white, and black color coding in many European versions of this story remind me how the Grimm's believed that those colors were poetry. The beautiful girl is white as snow, red as blood, and black as the wood of this wood frame, which is the writing that is in the actual 1857 story that we were talking about before. Mm -hmm. She doesn't say, it says, it was Disney who changed that to lips as red as rose, hair black as ebony, and skin white as snow. Um, when you look at other versions of the story, you realize that generally the daughter's skin color is not an issue, though. Um, curiously, there is a Samoan version of the story with a girl with albinism who is an outcast. So it's like the exact opposite um, mm. of the story. But the fact that the beautiful girl in a global repertoire of stories about mothers and daughters is stereotyped as having skin as white as snow because of the influence of the Grimm and Disney versions limits the global cultural residence of the story. So like in other words, like because she's white, it's not very relevant right now. Like that's not a great thing to just push on people about like the white girl is the pretty girl right. or anything like that. But um, there's nothing sacred about the Grimm's version of the, of the fairy tale or about Disney's reimagining of it. But we tend to think of Grimm and Disney as the originals, and they really have per perpetuated the storyline into so many people's minds all around the world. Um, but what he was kind of going on to say with that was just like, um, you need you need fairy tales to help you through the crazy things in life, or just at least to have the same morals as you do at all times of life, no matter if you're in a pandemic or not. But there was so much symbol symbolism in specifically the way the Grimm brothers wrote it. Like their their colors to them were like white meant purity because that's what Christianity symbolizes and what a lot of people believed to be true at the time, and especially in 1700 um, Germany. Um, and then red as blood and black as wood as the wood or black as ebony is just seen like as like contrasting colors to that, which I just think. I think it's interesting because every English class we've ever had, they always want to talk about the symbolism and colors. And I'm always like, well, as long as you think that, then that's what it means. But if right. I don't think that, right. why is that what it means? Right. right. And I'm I, always, like... I always question, I'm, or maybe not question, but I'm always curious about what the actual, perhaps writers in 17th century Germany or 16th century Germany really did have a thought process that was like, well, she had to be, white because we want her to be pure as snow and that's just what that she needs to be like that in this story or something but like yeah. I, I feel like probably most often people don't think too hard about attaching a symbolic color to things unless you're writing I don't know like you're in freaking dystopian novels because I feel like whatever that 20th century dystopian era of like writing there was like you could read that like yes this was obviously red because they were trying to talk about the communists or something it was like it was like yeah like yeah. that kind of stuff it seems to be more like on the nose but like I feel I just don't know I wonder like how much symbolism is created by just the reader's response to it as opposed to like the intention of the author or if they were just like we made it blue or maybe it even is supposed to be subconsciously symbolic 
like perhaps the author himself didn't think that thoroughly, but that they really yeah. were associating those words or those colors with deeper things. But I don't know. It just makes me like, I am curious, like how much of it is, is just like a 21st or 20th century view back on what was not really trying that hard as what we kind of make it out to be. <laughs> yeah. Right. I think it's like that there's always color. There's always different symbolisms for each color. So I feel like as long as you get the gist of, of the story, which I think is like Snow White's kindness is what ultimately got her to the end of the story, which is a happy ending, which I think is rooted in her real life or Maria Sophia's life of her oh kindness, God. like overcoming her struggles. Then I feel like the colors can be whatever you want them to be. <laughs> so I don't want it to be like, yeah. I think it's beautiful because she's white. I just think it's, that's the, that's the way that her Christianity or like being, you know, washed white of your sins. Maybe yeah. that's like what they were going for. That's the ultimate moral. Then I'm going to take that. I'm not going to care that she's white. Um, just for like future versions of Snow White. I feel like they should be whatever they, whatever, whatever is getting you to the moral of the story. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense to anyone. Yeah. Hopefully. I yeah. think so. Especially because I feel like Grimm's fairy tales are, are um, not as directly on the nose as, as something like, uh, what are they called? I want to say it's Aristotle. It's not Aristotle. Apostle. The, what are those like, um, Aesop's fables. Aesop's. Thank yeah, you. Aesop's. I always say there was. There's, two, there's too many A philosophers. Yeah. But Aesop's fables are like like four sentences long, and literally like always the last sentence is like, and that's why you shouldn't lie. Like they have right. like a direct like point that you just are supposed to be like, and that's what happens to boys who run in the river. Like it's like a really random yeah. like the like grims, lesson I you're supposed to learn. Are a little bit more ambiguous. Exactly. Kind of. You can. Yeah. You can. Yes. Yeah. You can. It, it shows more like less like a, a moralistic like lesson as it is like what the morals were like if, if snow white was emphasizing the act of or the idea of christian kindness or like the purity that you find in your faith or something like that like i feel like that's more of a reflection of like what was valued and what should be taught to be valued more than like and that's what happens to little girls who run in the woods and and talk to strangers right like it's like because like, i don't really feel like it's a warning i feel like it's just like she got through it because she was good yeah and, and it wasn't entirely her fault she was being hunted right you know? exactly right and she didn't put herself in that situation as much no. as she shouldn't have kept opening the door to a stranger no after yeah. th- that third time that she was <laughs> right attempted to be killed that it's still i feel like it's not I, I I almost feel like it's because it's like as a 21st century just person in the world, we are almost taught that those fairy tales that's what they're supposed to do. It's like, well, they taught them to teach their children lessons, and I don't know necessarily if Grimm's fairy tales actually are. I can understand that again for like Aesop's fairy tales or even like those nursery rhymes, which are like mm-hmm. horrible actual stories of like the Black yeah. Plague and stuff like that. Like you can kind of see like that was a lesson. I don't think Grimm's fairy tales are lessons. I think they're just straight up like this is what was important or this is what this is what we valued deserved a happy ending it's almost oh like God. that it's like they were like all of these stories the ones that ended well is like that's who they believed deserved to be rewarded and they always were in these stories and then always the others were punished but i don't know i don't know if right. that relates to anything we were just talking about that's <laughs> no i think it does because like even even like now like the disney princess movies or whatever they're more of people to aspire to be to inspire kids you know like heroes to look up to right then like don't do this 
thing. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's like, this is, watch how you can be a hero. Like, anyone can mm-hmm. be a hero. Like, look at the... the if you're the, a good person. Exactly. If you're always trying to do your best and you, and you try and make the best choices kind of thing. Like Yeah. Instead of, like, a tale of caution, mostly. Ex- yes. Yes. Exactly. It's not don't but then again maybe we're coming out of this pandemic and there will be something like and this is why you don't touch a doorknob and then lick your hand that's true <laughs> we could be coming out of this with a new nursery rhyme who oh, knows boy. oh no probably will be there's probably gonna be something yeah <laughs> that's what i think at least yeah we won't know probably till evie's in school and they're like this is what <laughs> this is the this is the school rhyme that they do on the black dogs <laughs> Sounds good. But that was excellent though, Jess. I really enjoyed yes, that did, history uh, of Snow White. I really did oh, not so know so much of that. <laughs> no. Excuse me. I'm I'm so excited that the fantastical elements are based on things. Yes. Yeah. Or like the poison. There was supposedly a lot of nightshade poisoning lining the kingdom of lore. And like there's even one thing that I still don't know if I believe, but like one of I think it was in the Harvard Gazette. I, I really don't know, but I read that that um there was supposedly like a crazy old man selling poisonous apples so that could have been where they oh no like the, where why get the f out right. after you find the first poisonous apple traced back to that guy he should be out of there <laughs> one time is too many yeah but it's also cool that like they took a version of it as like that only one side is poisonous and one side is not like i feel like it does they did a good job of coming up with three creepy things to kill Snow White with. Yeah, that don't make sure any did. sense, but they're pretty creepy. The one I don't understand the most is the scarf. Like, what is on the <laughs> scarf that makes you fall asleep? Is there like a sleeping potion or something? It wasn't. You it wasn't the you... second one that like it was a comb. Like you said, it yeah. was a comb, and so like what? Like that was just supposed to be like. I think I read that. Poison, and, like, right? I think that one was supposed to like prick her her scalp or something. Yeah. So I she so, so that was also a poison that didn't didn't do its job. Right. We're yeah. gonna call it poison, but it's not really poison because poisons kill you, they don't just put you to sleep. Right. For a little as bit. long as they're hold, holding it in your mouth. Like that doesn't yeah. that's weird. And the scarves were just that they tied around her neck and like strangled her, but then again she still did not die from it until hmm. the, the dwarves took that off of her. So it's like I think she's knocking them on her unconscious three times. Right. Yeah. <laughs> knocking her out she's doing her yeah. best to knock her out and it's still not ever working for her uh-uh. Queen. Snow White is magical but it's creepy yeah like most fairy tales yeah I think that's a, like, um, a really good classic one and I just think it's it's beautiful to me too that like that's the first Disney movie like I know there's a lot of differences and I know you know yeah, I don't know that the Disney versions aren't the same as the the authentic version or whatever. It might not have the same intentions. I think that it did, but even if it did or it didn't, like Snow White was around since the beginning of their stories from the from the original book of of folklore from the Grimm's brothers. So that was the first Disney movie. I just think that's cool. Like she's always like at the forefront. Like I think yeah. Maria has to believe be believed like that. I think she was the real Snow White. Like her story inspired like generations of fairy right tales. then i'm like, glad that she's the first disney princess me too yeah exactly that's how i want to say it she's the first disney princess or no why as evie says oh, boy. no, no why. why 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 she's so cute she's also on my um phone case that mary got me for christmas oh yeah apple of the iphone she is 
she's a classic. Which might have been the reason that I looked this all up in the beginning. <laughs> I can't remember. It is always a good reason. I really like um, Evie's uh, pronunciation of princesses because I don't know why, and I'm assuming this has to do with you, Sissy, why she will call uh, Sleeping Beauty Aurora. Like, mm-hmm. she uses the formal name. She'll call Cinderella Gus Gus. Yeah. Yeah. white, but she uses the formal Awoa when she's talking about. <laughs> we don't know what's going on with Evie and Awoa. We never know. Yeah, that. she always asks for it, and I'm like, "When have you ever watched Sleeping Beauty?" <laughs> and then if you put it on, like she'll maybe watch it for like two seconds and be like, "No," like, "Okay, but you always ask me for Aurora." <laughs> always. If we ask her what Alexa can play, she's like, do you want Gus Gus? No. Do you want Beast? No. Do you want Essa? No. Awoa. <laughs> we didn't even ask <laughs> like, you. Want no. <laughs> but you want that? Okay. Yeah. And then sometimes if you put that song on, like whatever it comes on, like the it's just like instrumental I music. You, yeah. 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 But she'll always be like, yes. Like, and you know the song why. Because <laughs> <laughs> she is Wawa. I she don't know. Yeah. Somehow magically. Awoa. She, she was like asking for that when I, I was changing her and she was asking for different stories. Yeah. She asked for Gus Gus and then she asked for Awoa. And I was like, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> right. Why do you know? <laughs> if I told it to you, would you know the difference between. Right. Story? That's what it felt like. I was like, you I know don't know. Because she's so precious. I know. I know she is. She really likes Dopey. Really? Yeah, she has to best. talk about Dopey. Hmm. he doesn't know how to wash and they have to like wash him and then he swallows the soap right <laughs> they're such dirty drawers in that movie their hands are like black yeah <laughs> there's like a whole scene too in the in the 57 version of like her describe them describing how snow white cleaned the house like she like restuffed their beds and like made apple dumplings oh wow and like clean the floors like just like the movie like i feel like that was right out of the book it's so that's like the best part when she cleans. The she house. cleans it all up and it's all clean. Makes the pie. Hmm. She's cute. Are there any gooseberries in the fairy tale? No, I don't remember. I think it was just apple dumplings. <laughs> I believe. I can't remember any gooseberries. I just wondered where gooseberries came from. They, they, I think those are they like come in individual wrappers. Like they actually look like magical fruit. Huh. Weird. <laughs> seeing them on TV and stuff, they look like I never ate one before, but seen them before and they're so cool okay the last three pop-up shops that i really want to promote and thank you for letting me do that right now is check this out which actually was one that you guys inspired where it's only self-checkout and you can only check out things that you would rather check out yourself and not let somebody else check (laughs) personal items okay check this out um the second to last is called Take My Leaves, which is a locker to hold your garden shrubbery while you wait for your dumpster to come. So it's like off your lawn, but it's called Take My Leaves. <laughs> like L-E-A-V-E-S. <laughs> that you just have to like get it off. Like if you rake your leaves and you can't like wait till Friday, right. like you need someone to hold your leaves. <laughs> you need to take your leave. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> And last but not least is Let's Not Mince Words, which is mints that don't have any identifying piece of information or advertising. <laughs> <laughs> but 
it's just for you can just ask for a mint, you get it. That's it. Let's not mince words. Let's not have a name on. <laughs> but you don't know what flavor they are at all. No, there's no <laughs> information. Okay. It's very important, and thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for those great pop-up stores. This has been We Three English Majors. Don't think we said that at the beginning. I don't know if we did, no. That's what you guys have been listening to if you've stayed, all- stayed around this long. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, and please remember to rate us or subscribe to our channel. Yes, please. And follow our Instagram, and one day we'll figure out how to also follow ourselves again. <laughs> Monday soon, hopefully today. Hopefully by the time you hear this, we'll be back in control of that. That's right. That would be ideal. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jess. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye bye. Go have a pumpkin spice latte. Yeah. But not real. (laughs) That's right. Okay. Bye. Bye.